What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 16 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I am joined by my co-hosts, Christian. What's up, Christian? Uh, things are very good. Uh, it was a big week for the pod, and I'm like very, very happy about how it's been going, and I'm excited for this uh, next episode. And our other co-host, Dobby, what's good? I'm chilling. Uh, excited to move on from last game and just uh, move forward, to be honest. All right, I'm going to need some more energy from you guys today, man. I, I, I feed off your energy. I need some more energy. So the energy is going to come from our special okay, guest today, our special guest from none other than the world-famous 234. You may know him as the Bronx OG. What's up, man? Yo. What's <laughs> happening, guys? Breaking my uh, breaking my pod cherry here with the smokestacks, man. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? So, as with any guest, if you've listened to the pod, rapid fire questions. Favorite this is coming. Favorite current NYCFC player. To be determined. <laughs> no, we're not gonna let you skate with that. We're not gonna let you skate. You gotta uh, give us a day. That would be a that would be a first. <laughs> Well, my my favorite left, and that that was Kai. And so for right now, then I'm gonna go with Jimmy Sands. Jimmy Sands, that's a good choice, solid choice. Very good answer. He's probably he's probably our uh, player in best form at the moment as well. Um, yeah, regardless yeah. regardless of where he's playing on the pitch. Uh, favorite all time NYCFC player. All right, I'm gonna give you two. Okay. One from the head, and that's Kyans, and one from the heart is Medi Belushi. Oh. Okay. Okay, that's different. That's different. That that's time unique time. answer. It's a unique answer. That, That's the first yeah, time I've heard it. Yeah, unique answer. Is that the first time I've ever heard Bellucci here on the pod? I think it is. Definitely. It, it definitely <laughs> is. But, I mean, he's someone who, I mean, has a favorite player, but he's still actively involved in the club, but as an assistant. That, that, that's part, I've actually, part yeah, of the draw. And I, I've met him off the pitch, and he's just a great, humble guy. So I um, was very impressed I can, when I, I met him. I can I can double back that he's actually a great dude. Uh, but I, he is heard. also the only player that's been named that's played for the assholes across the river. That is uh, true. Well, well technically, <laughs> Ryan we, Miera. Technically, yeah, I was about to say Ryan, Ryan Miera. Yeah, but he, but he hasn't been named. As, he hasn't been named as a favorite all-time NYCFC player in the podcast. <laughs> okay, because so, he also only has like so, two appearances in, or one appearance in that. So if anybody names him, then they're going to get throat punched. If anybody names Ryan Miera well, as their favorite all-time well, NYCFC player. As for Medi Bellucci, though, he was the at my first NYCFC match that I ever went to, which was them against Philadelphia Union in 2015. He was the one that scored our only goal. So, yeah. All right. And for anybody that follows Bronx OG on, on Twitter, you know that he's a big kit guy. Big kit guy. So, what is your favorite NYCFC kit? That's a very easy one. It's the racing strip, actually. Okay. Oh. Is that 19? Oh, finally, no. so, finally, someone says it. Finally. Is that the 19 home? Is that what that was? I like that kit. Yeah, the one. Or was, the, it, or was it twenty home? Was it not nineteen or twenty home? It, it, it was 20, 19, 20. 19 and twenty. Yes. Nineteen and twenty yep. home. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like that kit as well. Very simple. I like the racing, the vertical racing stripe. I'm a clean, you know, clean classic wins it for me. You know? yeah. All right, and then um, so uh, once again, apologies to Sam Perman, <laughs> but uh, the the next thing is is um, we want to hear a little bit about um, Bronx OG's NYCFC origin story. We want to hear what got you into this club? Uh, what made you fall in love with this club? Let's see. So, started following soccer back in 2006 during the Euros. Mostly, um, I, I I watched uh, Germany and liked the way Bollock played. Started following Chelsea, and then got into MLS. Originally following the New York Red Bulls because that was the only game in town. Uh, went to my first Red Bulls game in 2006. 
It was Josie Altidore scored his first goal for Red Bulls on that game. Um, I entered a raffle and won Edson Buttle's game one jersey at that game. So uh, hooked on MLS at that point. And then once the team was announced in New York, uh, I renounced my ties to Red Bull, um, signed up as a founding member, um, and have been connected ever since. For me, I'm born and raised in New York. Um, I've been been here, you know, born in the Inwood section of Manhattan, lived here my whole life. Yankee Stadium, I can see it from my roof. Um, so I got a nice eight-minute ride down on the Metro North. So I'm not getting, not really uh, looking forward to the ride all the way out to Queens, but it is what it is. Um, and, you know, as part of what I wanted to do with, with uh, the Bronx Football Social Club, um, you know, the supporters takes dedication. You got to be ready to stand and sing for 90 minutes. So I wanted to, as, as I, you know, said when Tanner uh, interviewed us for his bit for NYCFC, wanted to create a place that fed off the vibe of the supporters section, but a little less kind of formal and regimented. We throw a couple of silly chants out there during the game, but it's, it's really, it truly is a social club. A um, bunch of guys just getting together before the game, uh, have a couple of beers and, and watch the game together. So, and uh, it's worked out uh, perfectly, you know. So, so you're what you're. I mean, you are legitimately the OG. Like you've been around since before day one, since before we played a, before we played a game, before we day signed one, a player. I, 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 I gave up my season ticket, so so I won't I won't get the brick. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was there when they. I was down when they did the uh, the kit uh, unveil, which was a little underwhelming and disappointing and cheesy. But I was there for that. Um, was down when it, you know, when uh, when they did events downtown with uh, those clothing guys, Smith or something. So I've been to a bunch of events and been, you know, been connected to the club since before they kicked their first ball. You know, very cool. So the reason why we're here today is to preview the weekend's match, New York City away at New England, um, coming off of a loss um, against Houston in Houston, um, and sitting in seventh in the East looking to rebound and uh, find the form that we had for a couple matches at home in the Bronx. Um, how are we uh, collectively feeling heading into the weekend against New England? Eh. <laughs> I think that's my, my feel. I mean, uh, look, Houston was a snooze fest. That was a, you know, as poor a collective performance as you're going to see from the team. There was, there was nothing to be excited about in that performance. New England is, you know, historically tough at home. Um, but we've beaten them there. <clears throat> I always kind of like, uh, you know, I kind of feel like we're due for an up game and they're due for a down game. But I think the concern, which has been a concern since we kicked our first ball this season, is who's going to score goals for us, you know? Davi, how are we feeling about New England this weekend? We're getting snow back, so that's good. Uh, Atlantic as well. It's on turf. It's, it's going to suck, but, I mean... Because I mean, the bar is so fucking low at the, uh, right now. Is thanks to the last game. I mean, the, uh, we we can only go up from from here. To be honest, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Agree. True words have never been spoken. Christian, what's the vibes like for this weekend? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like Davi said, it's a very very low bar to clear as far as uh, entertainment value. I will. Some people got pissed at me for saying this, but I'll just fucking say it because I think it's true. I don't think either Houston nor NYCFC played a good game last week. If I could have awarded both of them no points, I would have happily done that. Uh, but, uh, you know, such is uh, the rules that, uh, you know, uh, someone who scores more 
gets the uh, gets three points, and the team that doesn't gets none. So fair play to Houston. Uh, now, as far as the vibe is concerned, now I know Chino just played. I think it was yesterday. So um, and I'm not too sure what uh, the status on Mitri Ilinich is. Uh, I'm sorry, I do not follow the Slovenian national team, so I'm on a, completely unaware of. Uh, whether or not he's had any burn. Uh, actually, I don't even think it's the Slovenian national team. It was one of their youth teams, correct? U- U19s. U19s. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm definitely not familiar with anything that they're doing, so I don't know it, how many games he's played, how many minutes he's played, how fresh he'll be, how ready to go he'll be. Um, I will say that, as as funny as it sounds, we've discovered over the course of the past several seasons, ever since uh, Dyla and his crew started because even if I don't believe that Cushing is and Dyler are the same coach, they definitely are part of the same school of thought when it comes to how football should be played. Like they're they're of similar minds, not identical, but similar. And we've discovered with Ronnie and Cushing's system that when they work, they work very very well. Uh, however, in order to get them to work, you need very exact pieces in very exact places. Uh, for instance, uh, does anybody remember what NYCFC looked like in 2021 when Tati wasn't available? It wasn't fucking pretty at all. It was very hideous. It was quite oh, atrocious. We saw that in Philly. That's one of the reasons why we went past a uh, hobbled Philly in the East, in the Eastern Conference Finals, because Tati Castellanos wasn't available. And with this past game, James Sands, who has been the stable force, the stabilizing force uh, in that midfield and has allowed us to be everything that we possibly can be, was relegated to a center back position, one that we didn't think that he would play this season because of what happened at Rangers. Uh, so we see what, how little of an influence James can have over a game when he's relegated to a center back position. So if Chino's going in, my vibe is good. If Chino's out, then my uh, unless you're willing to start Alfaro or Alusu, uh, uh, then I'm uh, this is stock that I want to sell personally. Yeah, well, I did some extensive research about this particular matchup because I know that everyone doesn't agree, but I, I, I firmly believe that this is part of the um, the I-95 rivalry with uh, New England, Philadelphia, D.C., um, the Red Bulls. Um, so we have, because they play in the East, the, the Reds are in the East, we play, we've seen them a lot since our inception. Um, all time, whether it's home or away, we, are eight, we have eight wins, four draws, and ten losses versus Ooh. versus the Rebs. So we have, a, we have a losing record versus them. Um, and then at Foxborough, at, at the Rebs, we have two wins, six losses, and three draws against Oof. against the Rebs. We do not have a good record going to Foxborough. Now, well, I'm going to have to downgrade my my prediction. Well, so <laughs> hold on. So here, so you guys, although, although we advanced on penalties in the Eastern Conference semifinal... That result goes down as a draw because it was it was a draw before penalty kicks were only required because it was an advancement game, so that that goes down as a draw. So we only have two ninety minute wins against the Rebs in Foxborough, and they occurred on July sixth, two thousand sixteen. It was a one zero win. Frank Lampard scored in the fifty eighth minute. The so, second win. So, so as Christian said, this is a a sell stock, not a buy stock at the moment. <laughs> The second win was on September 20th, 2020, and it was a 2-0 victory. The first goal in that of that 2-0 victory was an own goal by the Rebs, and the second goal was a bear at 72. So, two wins up there. Both goals occurred in the second half. We have not scored. Joe's, Joe's in, 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 with the goal. 
In a no win, we have not scored a first-half goal against the Revs when winning at Foxborough. Um, and that so and also like so um, where the game is in the schedule, we have never played the Revs, um, whether home or away, in April before. This is this is like the, one of the earliest games that we've ever played against the Revs. Um, we faced them as a second ever game in 2015. They were a first home game. That's about as early as I can remember. Yes, that was yeah. our first win. Um, first dub. Uh, our last couple, um, our, so in our last couple of results against the Rebs, um, dating back to 2020, um, we uh, we lost to them most recently, 3-0, um, and that, I think I believe that was up at um, that was up in Gillette, yeah, 3-0 on uh, September 4th, 2022. Um, uh, Bell, Buck, and McNamara scored. Um, back in um, back in November of 21, we uh, it was two two draw. We we advanced on penalty kicks. Prior to that, we played them in September of 21 and lost two to one. And then in uh, in September of 20, we um, had a nil nil draw. So our our run of form against them in New England recently is um, lost draw lost draw. So I mean it's not. All right. So I'm going to call it right now. Three one NYCFC, and here's why. It's an April Fool's match. <laughs> True. Um, the, I didn't even think about that. The oh, one alarming thing that popped out at me, and it, it, uh, I was like, I kept looking at it. I was like, I was like, because like, obviously, when you follow statistical trends, um, when we play against the Revs, they score really fucking early against us, like really early. They have in in all of, in in all the games we played against them, they have four goals scored in the first fifteen minutes against us. In all the games we played against them, four goals scored in the first fifteen minutes of the match. But don't we historically do well when we when we when we're down. Do, do we do do we historically do well when we're down? No, we're not a play from behind no. team. We're 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 a, we're a, we're a come out on the on the front foot, score a goal, score another goal, score lots more. Yeah. Like we, we do not typically play well from behind. No, this is, this is going to go one of two ways. We're going to be horrendous, or we're going to be really good. Yeah, there's no, there's no middle ground, you know? and it's dependent on fine margins too, on very fine margins that like that, that you can walk a you could walk a tightrope on, like. And then it's it's yeah. Um, yeah, and that so in in eighteen we played them in, we played them in March in um in eighteen, and that was the that was the two two draw. Um, and in that game, Diego Fagundes scores in the in the eleventh minute. The um, we've had success against them when 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 we've been able to score early. Um, obviously, you guys remember in in the uh, Eastern Conference semifinal, uh, Santiago Rodriguez scored, I believe, in the um, in the third minute of the third game. Third minute, and then Tati third scored. Minute. Tati scored at one hundred and nine. Um, and then uh, Sant uh, in the game the game that we lost. In uh, September of 21, Santi also scored in the 11th minute of that game. So Santi has a propensity to score early against against the refs. So th- that that's a storyline to potentially look look at going forward is Santi being able to score, but Santi being able to score early. Um, so Joe, Joe, this is a lot of statistics. So I got to ask you something. Yeah. Do you spend any time with your wife at all? <laughs> yeah, so I, I I do this I do this stuff while she's because I, I come home at three o'clock from school and she doesn't get off till five, so I have two hours to do bullshit like this and just uh, deep <laughs> deep dive on FB Ref and and look up all well these, done, all man. these stats. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, some more, some more statistical stuff that I, I looked up. Um, in in, uh, in six matches played, Santi has two goals against the Revs. So he's definitely someone that we should be looking to contribute uh, this weekend. Uh, five matches played, Thiago has a goal. Five matches played, uh, Talas has a goal, but it is a PK. That's something to keep. Um, not that, It was a PK in a regular, regular season match. Um, two matches played, GP has one goal against, uh, against uh, the Revs. Um, and then other than that, I mean, there's not a lot, a lot, um, in terms of statistics. Alfredo has a red card against the Revs. That's something to keep an eye on as well as three yellow cards in five matches. So in five matches against the Revs, he has four cards. That's, that's not, um, that's not, not, not good. Um, uh, Maxime has played in 12 matches against the Revs, but it doesn't really have a lot of stats, to, um, to show for it. Um, and, uh, Santi in six matches has two yellow cards. I know, uh, a, a prominent thing in the, in our last podcast was talking about, um, how Santiago Rodriguez might need to uh, mature a little bit and show uh, a little bit more of uh, of a level head if he's going to be this young DP level player. Um, we can't have him being a walking yellow card, a la Alexander Ring when he was wearing uh, wearing the blue and and white and orange. Um, Alex Ring was a walking yellow card when he played for us, but his yellow cards weren't for like little little bullshit descent. Arguing with the refs, he was. Can I can I say something in defense of Santi though, really quick? Sure. Uh, a D, DP does not equal leader. DP equals pr- producer. Yes. You don't have to. You don't have to be a leader in order to produce. I'm fine with him collecting yellow cards so long as. Sorry about the cards driving by. I took a step outside because it's nice. Uh, but you know, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't. I'm not as. Obviously, with yellow card accumulation like that, obviously could be a problem, but. He now we do have now backup and cover for Santi in case he goes down as of last week, and, and I, I I I don't want to because I, I think part of what makes Santi's game so potent is his is his like aggressiveness, and I think if you if if like you neuter him like for lack of a better word, I, I don't think we'd have the same Santi. But there's a difference between aggressiveness and petulance. And foolishness, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, yes, but I mean, he's also in his early twenties. This is still a growing. Can you name another DP has... in the MLS that is a hothead and is a yellow card machine like Santiago Rodriguez? I mean, Blaton was a hothead and probably a yellow card machine. Roger Spinoza, if he's still in the league. Roger. Here's the thing with Santi, though. Last year, Santi was a complimentary piece. This year, Santi is a primary piece, and we need that performance from him. And I don't think we've had it yet. No, we, we, well, we haven't seen the peak of Santi yet, but I do think he's asserted himself well in these first few uh, appearances. I thought his first start against Miami was very, very good, and the only thing that was missing from it was a goal. I loved his goal against uh, D.C. I thought it was very impressive. But the reality is that D.P. Tag, as, as Joe referenced, it does raise the expectations. Maybe not from a leadership perspective, but from a performance perspective. Sure, but I, but I've also said like in the past, like I, I mean, like if there's anybody from last year's team, uh, uh, Sands Collins, who I definitely thought deserved it. If there's anyone on this team, you know, who deserved the DP tag, I think Santi was deserving of it. I, I, I mean, agree. What was it? I what, definitely I mean, agree on that point. Yeah, I, I mean, what was it? Third most assists in MLS with a few goals in there to boot. Uh, I mean, he he's a he's a very 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 talented and productive above all else uh, offensive player, and I, and I I do. And listen, if, if the DP tag, if, if it took, I said it from the beginning, if it takes a DP tag to keep him here, I'm fine with giving it to him. I agree. Uh, I, agree. I, I, I mean, I mean, I do see your guys' point, um, you know, like about, you know, him needing to mature as a player, but we're talking, we're still talking a young kid, you know, he's 23 years old. That's you know, not, nobody that's not that young. <laughs> 
it's still pretty young. Your brain isn't even fully developed until you're about 25 or 26 years old. He's still like not even his own person. I know, but really. it's, it's got to be frustrating to Nick Cushing as, as well as frustrating to us fans watching him throw a bitch fit. Like, just walk away, bro. I, like, it's not going to, like... I, I, I understand, but I mean, it's not like he didn't know what he was he was paying for. We had this man, uh, you know, on loan for basically for free for two years. You know, like, like, like we, we knew what we were getting into, and we know that he's still a raw product, but, you know, we've seen the talent and we've seen the peak of it. And I also don't want to change... One thing I think is a bit too overabundant in sports now is micromanagement. I, I, like it, it's basically ruined baseball. So don't even get me started on baseball. It's ruined it. Uh, and I, I don't want to get into the business of micromanaging uh, players. I understand that you want to have like you know leadership groups you know available to him. You know maybe put him under someone else's wing. Uh, you know him and Ma- Maxi seem to have a bit of a weird relationship, but at the end of the day, it seems like it was all love. You know if you saw them like out off of the pitch. Uh, and you know, but like, I, I I don't want to remove what makes him him. I, I I just wanted to be an apologist for Santi Rodriguez for a second. So uh, look, I, I think I think it's fair to say that we don't want to we don't want to you know diminish the essence of him as a player. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say we'd like to see a slight uptick of maturity on the pitch. Sure, one hundred percent. I I would I would not disagree with that. And with with Nick Cushing opting for this leadership committee, um, I think it was apparent. Like in in when the, when this yellow card occurred against Houston for uh, Tiago Martins at the time was walking away um, to go by the players at the top of the team where you're supposed to be when a PK is being taken um, and at the time when he was walking away that's when Santi kept going after this referee and in that moment whoever's wearing the armband is supposed to realize what's happening and physically pull him get in between and pull him away saying shut the fuck up get on the line he's not going to change his mind. Well, like, like, don't get a needless yellow I mean, card. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. Like, I, I think we were in agreement, like, before the game. You, you called it, Joe. Like, to your credit, that Tiago Martins would be a likely candidate to get the armband. I would have put it on Sands personally. However, like, yeah, no, I, I don't see Martins as a captain for this club. I respect him as a player. I think he's talented. I think he's, uh, I think he's a better center back than a lot of people give him credit for. And if you don't believe me, just look at his numbers with Collins last year. You can say that's like. You know, whatever. That's Collins. Collins and Chano didn't have those numbers. No, Collins, him, and, Collins, him and Collins were great last season. They had like I think like seven clean sheets yeah, in a row, in like all competitions yeah. last season at some point. Yeah, last year. Yeah, exactly. Last year was like one of the first years that like having Chano in the lineup actually felt like a downgrade. At least when we were running the four back system. Uh, when once we transitioned to the three back, we were able to see all three of them on the pitch at the same time, which proved to be, you know. R- just you know impenetrable you know up until the eastern conference final but yeah no if you look at the numbers like when collins was playing next to snow versus when he was playing next to martins it's a serious downgrade but like by a lot uh collins and 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 uh martins combined only uh conceded 0.7 goals per game it was it, it's insane uh but but yeah no I, I even despite that i don't see him as a captain and i agreed with you joe i agreed with your assessment uh of that yeah, so um, just briefly touching on New England um, and what to expect from them. Um, pretty much we're going to expect from what we've seen from them because they, they haven't had a lot of roster turnover in the past one, two, three seasons. Um, so uh, in the history of, of this matchup, NYCFC versus the, uh, versus the Revs, Gustavo Bo has played in nine matches, nine of these matches, and has scored four goals. So, I mean, he's scoring at a, a pretty decent clip in, in, this, in this rivalry. Um, I'll call it a rivalry. Um, Tommy McNamara, nine matches in this rivalry. Four, I think this is, this is for the Revs. He's played in nine matches in this rivalry. 
Um, and he has two goals against us. Um, uh, what the hell is Gil? What, 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 what's Gil? What's, what's Gil's first name again? Carlos. Car- Car- Carlos. Carlos Gil. Seven oh, matches, yeah. three assists, three yellow cards. Um, so he's he's assisting in no, almost I, half I, the matches he plays, but he's also picking up a yellow card yeah. in half the matches he plays. He also doesn't like, doesn't like snow, the weak schmuck. Yeah. Um, Andrew Farrell, who's no, I don't think, I don't think Andrew Farrell is a starter in New England anymore with, uh, with, I, th- I think they traded for Dave Romney from Nashville. So it's like a Romney Kessler pairing in center back. But uh, if Farrell sees any time, he's played in 21 of these matches. He's been around for a minute. Um, 21 matches. Uh, he has two assists and one red card in this match. I think we, we should all re- remember that red card match uh, with, with New England. I, I, I do remember the red card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, he did it to himself. It yeah. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dejuan Jones has played in nine of these matches and picked up two assists. And then the other glaring statistic is uh, Matt Polster, who is a failed, f- failed Scottish Premier League player. Correct, uh, NYCFCOG. Agreed. F- failed, <laughs> failed uh, Scottish Prem player. He's played in eight of these matches and picked up five yellow cards. So, so he's he is uh, he's. I mean, he's good for a yellow card a game almost against uh, against NYCFC. Um, and then th- so far this season, Gustavo Bo has two goals, and and uh, and Carlos Yil has uh, two assists. So they are their they are their difference makers, um, players that we need to be aware of. I mean, it's obviously not a shock because Carlos Gil uh, Hill wasn't he MLS MVP two a year ago, two years ago, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. He was MLS MVP. So I mean, obviously we need to keep an eye on him and, and control him. And I think he's ha- has he been coming off the bench for them? Has has he is was he, is he fit to start this season? Does anybody know? I, th- I thought I saw in the MLS wrap-up that he was uh, coming off the I bench. Got, I, I'll be completely honest, despite the fact that I have Apple TV for free, like MLS season pass for free as a season ticket holder, I have watched next to no full games for or like of other teams. I've only watched the highlights of the only, other, of only the other games. Yeah, so that, the, yeah. the best part about MLS, the MLS Apple thing is that like I, I go back on like a, the day after the game or whatever, and, I, and for like 25 minutes, I watch like, the highlights of every single game in, in that, that was played that week in the MLS. So it's my way of kind of like absorbing whatever happened the previous week to our opponent and play, teams we played against previously this season. It's just because the schedule, like everyone plays at the same time. Yeah, pretty much you, yeah. it's literally impossible yeah. to like watch every single game. Before you could watch like you know four, maybe even five games live on a weekend, depending on what you know what networks that you have. But everything happened at the same time. You know, you're definitely going to be reliant on a highlight show. But I, I'm I'm pleased with you know I like the highlights that that uh, that Apple offers. I like the fact that. I'm never going to miss a game again. Like, uh, I'm going to watch anything freaking, yes, take delay while I have three other channels available. So, I'm, you know, I, I love it. I'm pleased with it. Yeah. Well worth it. Not only that, I think I saw Sanchez post something on Twitter where there, it's like a yes streaming. It's like $25 a month or something. It's like. It's yes, he's doing it. He is doing it. It's ridiculous. You know, uh, it's, I, I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like Apple TV at this point. Like, like everybody really? like, loves it. I. I I think the production is sterile. I think it's very bare. Obviously, it's the first season, so it's going to be bare bones. Yeah, I think I think you know that's a it's a valid point. I, I think what's winning me over is just the accessibility and the fact that every NYC game is now available and, and oh, yeah. available live. Oh, and, for sure, no. the, the, the accessibility and the convenience is amazing. But at the same time, I think like well, first off, I think all the announcers are pretty much awful. I miss Ian Joy and Joe Tollison like Big time. Big time. Yeah. 
Uh, there's just no personality. Like that is the only game. negative of us leaving. Yes, is that we will yeah. not have Ian Joy or Joe Tolleson on on yeah. our games anymore. That's the only. Your announcers have no connection to the club. That's why. Yeah, yeah, and oh, but well, I mean, at least for us, I mean, we there's no NYCFC alumni in, in, in that booth. You know, there's going to be plenty of Red Bull, you know, alumni. You know, like going up, and obviously two of them are on. Uh, uh, I think MLS 360, which is uh, annoying to see. But I mean, I mean, that aside, I mean. You know, it's just it. It just it feels so. Just it feels like every single game is being broadcast on Fox, and I always hated it when games were broadcast on Fox because I, you know, I, I just. I I, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, did we get an actual count of how many times uh, Callum, whatever the fuck his name is, Callum Williams and uh, Kalen Carr, like said that our pitch was small? I mean, it's just like. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's a small. Where have you been for the last fucking eight years? But I, you know, I do just... think Apple is adjusting as they go along, and I think that's good. You know, I think they're, <laughs> you know, it's it's a product in in formation. You know, well they well they definitely improved when it comes to MLS 360. Uh, we all saw, you know, week one of MLS 360 and how fucking horrid it was to watch. Uh, but I mean, as far as like the actual broadcast is concerned. The graphics don't give you information. You never know how many subs each team has. You never know how many windows each team has. Uh, just and and listen, I, I'm all for like less is more. There's nothing I hate worse than like a scoreboard with 800 different things on it. But I mean, it's football. There's not that much things to keep track of. Like like uh, like by default, you know, you don't have to keep track of timeouts or how many outs or what inning or you know what half of the inning you're in you know what like you would have in like in baseball or how many challenges or how many timeouts a team in the nfl does you know it's it you know there's some like small like improvements that i think that they could make and maybe that would change it i just it really what it comes down to is the announcing so i think like for this next game because obviously i don't go to too many away matches you know i just don't really have the time or the money to do so so, like, uh, I am going to I'm going to try to do the uh, sync up with the radio broadcast uh, this weekend and listen to uh, uh, Glenn Crooks and Maddie Lawrence this weekend just to have somebody with some rudimentary knowledge of what we are, except that we play in the Bronx on a small pitch in a baseball stadium. Because I swear to God, like, if you asked anybody in Apple TV, that would be the only thing that they knew about us. But yeah, no. I, uh, I tried that the the first game. The sound was off a little bit, and there was a lot of kind of background noise. I'm told they cleaned that up for the. The, the subsequent game, so I may have to try that for another match. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to, yeah, I haven't tried it yet. So, uh, and, uh, you know, Glenn, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I know Glenn, you know, from my time, from my short time in the media, you know, like the, the two years that I did it. Uh, well, the two years I was in the press box, at least. Uh, yeah, uh, um, Glenn's a great guy. He knows his shit. Uh, and Matty Lawrence is another guy. He's been all over the place in England. He, he knows his shit. You know, and I would love to listen to them call a game. I just, I hope I'm able to figure it out this weekend how to do it. If I could figure it out, Christian, you can figure it out. Trust me. All right, so let's go. Let's go around the horn here and uh, let's predict. Let's 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 give the listeners our prediction on the starting eleven for how we will line up against the Revs this weekend. Let's start with the special guest, Bronx OG. Nah, man, I don't do all that number shit. You guys take that away. Yeah, yeah. All right, Christian, you want to you want to kick it off? Okay, so um, 
Uh, you know, well, since we're predicting lineups, I might as well. Uh, so we did bring up, uh, if you haven't checked out the Beyond the Smokestacks Discord yet, you absolutely should. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter page. Check it out. It's an awesome place with a bunch of awesome people. You're going to love it. Uh, two questions did ask this, so I'm going to answer it as part of my lineup thing, and maybe we can do that. Uh, so in net, I'm done with Barraza. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I've seen <laughs> enough. I wanted Matt Freeze from day one. I'm now... I, but but while I said that, I also acknowledged that Barraza hadn't fucked up to the point where he would lose his spot, and I understood that the coaching staff in the front office probably felt an obligation to give Barraza an honest try because he had served as a backup and, and you know, served valiantly as backup at that. It's not easy being be- behind one of the better goalkeepers in MLS because whether or not we like Sean anymore, we can all acknowledge that Sean was a big p- part of our success and was arguably one of the best art goalkeepers in the league at when we had him. Uh, but, uh, you know, for that, you know, sticking around, he deserved his five games. After this last game, he looks terrible. I don't understand what the hype was about him with the ball at his feet. I haven't seen it. His distribution is awful. He looks very timid on the ball. Uh, he, I think he invites back passing way too much by coming way far out of his box, and I, that shit needs to stop. Uh, so I'm going to go with Matt Freeze in goal. Uh at right back. Um, I'm going to jump in there. I, I'm a million sure. percent aligned with you, but I'm going to be shocked if Freeze gets the start. Yeah, it's a long shot. Uh, but uh, me personally, I mean, I, I try to balance it with what I think is going to happen with what I think should happen. Uh, at this point, um, I just I just can't justify keeping them. Like, 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 I, I, in my right mind, I can't justify keeping him in net. Like, I want the kid to succeed, but like, he just hasn't shown me anything that he will. And I, I totally agree. I just don't like Cushing does doesn't strike me as the change type guy. You know, like Baraz would have to have a real ploozy for him to make make that switch. You know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, so, like, you know, outside of that, outside of freeze for Baraza, um, I'm going to the, the Joe's going to. Sl- Try to slap slap me next time he sees me for uh, saying this. I'm gonna go with Tavon Gray at right back. I just only because I have no idea what Micha Ilinich's uh, work rate has been while he's out on a uh, international duty because none of us follow Slovenian youth national teams. Uh, the center backs. Um, I'm gonna go with Tiago Martins and if he's back in time, Maxime Chenot. Even if he gets off the plane from Europe the night before, Maxime Chenot. I don't want to see James Sands back there uh, again. Not because I don't think he's good. But because he doesn't belong there, he's a defensive midfielder. That's where he should be playing. That's where his best position is. And at left back, uh, I, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a few weeks now. I don't see how he's an obvious improvement over either of the other left backs that we have on the bench. But uh, I'm going to go with Brian Kufre, uh at left back. Obviously, he's fancied in the club. Uh, so and he's and to to his credit, he's improved a little bit with each. Uh, Excessive start, so I'm going to give him a start. James Sands at the six because there's no discussion to be had. Keaton Parks uh, at the eight because there's no discussion to be had. Um, so one of the questions, uh, well, two of the questions. Uh, so uh, D Swazo forever asked if we think we should consider starting Pellegrini, and uh, Anthony Buckley also brought up an interesting point in the Discord uh, about whether or not Ledesma should come in for Pellegrini. So I'm going to say this. Uh, because this this flows right into my uh, lineup. I'm going to say Santi at the 10, Ledesma at, uh, on the left, Palace at striker, and Gabby Pereira on the right wing. I do not want to see Pellegrini anymore. I, uh, I, I, he, he was progressing in the right direction, but it's still not enough. He's not 
cutting it for me right now. Uh, like, like I, I, I don't. I think Pellegrini has something to contribute to this club. I don't know what it is yet. I just don't think he's done enough in the time that he's has been in the starting eleven to just to continue to justify starting. So uh, I'm going to go, at, or maybe you even throw Ledesma in the middle and have him be the spine, and then throw Santi out left. Uh, we've seen Santi play inverted on the left before in brief spurts. We've even seen Santi at the nine in brief spurts, and I think he's played both of those positions from a creative and off the ball standpoint quite brilliantly personally um and also you know as we have talked about before we still don't know if santi's a true number 10 or not we know that he can do it and we know that he can do it relatively well but is it his best position on the pitch uh, uh him as an out and out ringer on the right i would be in favor of it if we didn't already have gabby Pereira there and even though gabby Pereira's last few performances haven't been up to scratch unlike the other players like Pellegrini and Barraza that I've mentioned before, having not played well enough to continue starting, we know how good Gabby is when he's playing at the peak of his powers and when everybody around him is pulling their weight and doing the job. So Gabby Pereira, you know, based on his, you know, his body of work and also not even being with the team, he hasn't even cracked a year yet. You know, like, like, you know, I would say Gabby Pereira on that right side and then uh, and then Santi on the left and Ledesma at the 10, or you can swap Ledesma and Santi. Either one works for me. Uh, but yeah, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. And that's assuming that we keep the four back. Ledesma starting though, Christian? Yes, I do start Ledesma. Um, I don't think, uh, I just, like I said, there's just there's nothing that Pellegrini offers for me in the start from a starter's perspective that impresses me enough to keep going yep. with him. Yep. Uh, and and with Tiago, I've said it a hundred thousand times. I would love to see a world in which Tiago Andrade starts and gets an actual ninety minute shift. However, there's no other player like him on the squad. And when I say there's no other player like him, there's no player with that incendiary speed that can come in late in a match in the seventy fifth minute, seventieth minute. You know, so on and so forth, and can break open a game for your he's, offense. He's, he's got uh, he's got Trotty vibes about him. You know? he, he, that, one, I've made that comparison for two two weeks running, so I'm very glad that you agree, OG, uh, because that's exactly how I feel about him. As much as I wish that Trotty would have gotten a you know like a more consistent starting role, the fact of the matter remains there was nobody on those teams that matched. That, that brought that spark off of the bench, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was no, if Medina wasn't going to give it for you. You know, like at the time, Tati wasn't going to give it to you. Bear was a decent player, but Bear's not like he doesn't. Like have a, it's like a, it's like a classic NBA six man, you know, just a guy that's 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 key off the bench, you know. One recharges the team, brings energy, brings speed, and then you use that against the team that you're playing, you know. And this is coming from somebody who's also suggested that maybe Andrade be put at the nine so that Talos can play his natural position at the left and actually have an impact on a I, game. Like, you know, to be honest, you know, why not at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, once again, it comes down to who's going to who. Who's but then you lose the spark later in the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and if you're down, and we're talking about Gillette Stadium right now, where we are not historically good, we might need that spark later. You yeah, know, just to collect a point. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's my uh, that's. I'm sorry, it was long winded, but that's uh, a. You long go about Christian, things. no way. <laughs> Davi, you've been you've been quiet. Can we get your predictions for the lineup? Uh yeah. Uh, so in goal, it's gonna be Barraza again. I don't think I don't think Cushing's one for change, unless he has to, unless yep. he has to make a change, like last season, you know, or, or you know when he. I guess he felt the pressure before Campionis Cup and just decided to change it. But I mean, that that, that was fantastic. That was a great call from Cushing right there to 
go to a back three before a Campeones Cup, and we went on a freaking roll. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for those last thirty to twenty five minutes in Philly where we played like absolute shit, we we would have made the MLS Cup final. Um, so credit. Uh, I know I'm not a big fan. I'm not. I'm not a big Cushing fan. I'm, I've never been a big Cushing guy, but I'll give credit when credit's due. And he 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 really made a great change right there. Um, but uh, with that being said, I think he's I think he's just too stubborn. I don't think he'll change. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with Bronx OG. Uh, I think I'll be really shocked to see if if Freeze gets the number one start. Uh, in New England this this weekend, so I'm gonna go with Barraza and goal, even though he's actually been quite shaky this year. Um, you know, a, 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 you know, there's a couple of uh, times where he mishandled the ball uh, with with saves, and obviously his distribution hasn't been up there this this season at all, which is uh, something the hype that a lot of uh, a lot of City fans uh, said before the season when, when we lost Sean Johnson. It's like, hey, well, you know, what? at least we got a better goalkeeper with better distribution, better long passing. Uh, it just hasn't been there for. Uh, for whatever reason this season um he's also a little quite timid um when receiving the ball he it's almost like like he has the ball and he just gets scared he's like shit like what, what do i do what do i do like it's like it's like mentally in his head he's like don't fuck up don't fuck up don't fuck up he's like don't be a liability don't be a liability so he just kind of just like kicks the ball wherever and um we, we've seen a few mistakes from barraza uh that like that this season but i'm gonna I don't. I don't see Cushing making the change in goal. I think it's going to be Barraza. Uh, I think we'll go with a back four again. I think. Um, I think we'll see Kufre. We'll see Chano back, which is fantastic for us, considering the last game we really missed him. Um, even though he's, even though he's just coming off international duty with Luxembourg, um, I'm not sure when they play their next game. If they if they've already played it or if Chano's on his way back, um, don't really know. But I think Chano will have just enough time to recover, and then he'll probably take the captain's armband again and start next to Tiago Martins, um, right back. I think I think I think we'll see Tape on Gray again. I don't think we'll see Micha Elenik, um in the in the starting eleven. Uh, I purely think that's Tape on spot to lose. I mean, he's obviously made a great 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 case for himself in the twenty twenty one playoffs. I mean, he was obviously I mean obviously New England. Um, Got the uh, got the opening assistant within the first three minutes to Santiago Rodriguez um, in, in that playoff game, and then obviously drew the foul in Portland that led to our goal uh, in the final. I, I, uh, and also, he's he's actually been quite he's been a consistent uh, fixture in the side for us. Um, whether whether that be due to no nobody's available at right back or the unfortunate uh, fortunate injuries to uh, Anton Tinnerholm. Um, He's he's just been he's just been a solid fixture in our side for the for the past uh, season and a half or so, so I don't see I don't see Tavon being dropped for this game at all. So I think that's gonna be the that's gonna be how we line up uh, with our defense. Our midfield should it should easily be Sands at the six, Keaton at the eight, Santi at the ten. That's that's gotta be that's gotta be the midfield. I mean if I mean if you think uh, Alfredo is good enough to play that six role. You, you're on fucking something, man. I'm telling you, he was absolutely piss poor last week. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy that uh, Chanel's coming back, and we can finally see uh, Jimmy back in that sixth role where he's been absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm glad he's back from Rangers. Um, I, I, I thought he should have played that midfield last week instead of this uh, instead of center back. Um, I think that's a missed opportunity for Cushing to give Alfaro a shot. 
or possibly even have uh, Samuel Lawusu or or um, Alfredo Morales play that play that left center back role. Uh, and it also really shows that we. You, you, you mean Alfaro? You mean Alfaro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned him. I mentioned him. Uh, you think... said Alfredo Morales. Yeah, I said Alfredo, and also missed opportunity for Alfaro. Oh, so you want it? Yeah. So, so you'd be okay with seeing that? I mean, J- I mean, James has been fantastic in midfield, so and I think that's something that we really lacked uh, in the last game with because uh, that gives the freedom to Keaton to kind of progress the ball going forward. He's absolutely phenomenal. Those last two, the last the first two weeks at Yankee Stadium, the first two home games, he was absolutely phenomenal compared to the uh, opening two games that we played away at Nashville, Chicago. Um, he was just absolutely great in, in those games. Um, unfortunate not to score against Miami. Uh, really missed a sitter there from five yards out in front of goal. Uh, I th- I think that's that's really the key to have really James Sands at that six and then Keaton play that play like that eight. You know where he kind of just runs up and down the field and then has Santi right in front of him at the ten. Um, and then left wing, I actually think Tiago is gonna get the start. I, I, I genuinely think Tiago will get the start this this week. Um, even though we he, he does give shoddy vibes, I do definitely see the comparison between the two of those. Um, also, uh, Mati just uh, didn't have a great game last week. Didn't really offer much. Um, was taken off too late in the match for uh, the fan base's liking, um, especially for us three. Uh, I think we all agree that uh, Mati didn't have a good game. Uh, probably should have been subbed off in the 65th minute. If not, possibly even earlier, possibly on the fifty-fifth, um, and also um, the Gabi and Talos Magno. Uh, I mean, th- those are those are two no-brainers. I mean, it's just unfortunate because I really want a striker. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, I don't know if we'll touch on this later in the episode, but uh, some uh, tweets have come out that uh, NYCFC have reject uh, had a. $4.3 million bid rejected for a young Slovenian striker. Um, it, it's, it's been floating around. It, the, the news like literally broke today, so I don't know if we'll touch on that. But um, It's according to the NYCFC source. Uh, the NYCFC source, and then Chris Campbell actually picked it up on Twitter. I saw Chris Campbell, he actually uh, yeah, it doesn't, tweeted about that. It doesn't have legs. So I don't... I don't... It, the, the, yeah, the, so the, the I don't, rumor doesn't I don't know have if legs. you guys want to... Yeah, so I mean, that's that's something that uh, I thought I'd bring up. I don't know how true that is, but I mean, I mean, it's good I mean, to Chris see. Campbell, he's, it's good to see that NYCFC is. I mean, I, I think that the rumor really came out because uh, NYCFC sources kind of taken it upon himself to want to prove to the fan base that NYCFC is actively doing their due diligence to try to bring in players. Um, the rumor about this, I mean, it probably it probably is true that the bid got rejected. But the the bid got rejected, but because the 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 owning club of the player um, is not willing to sell yeah, sell them for that price. But also, he's he's gonna be he wants to go to a top five and, European league. He doesn't want to come to MLS. It's also that, he also wants to, he wants to hold off until the summer. He doesn't yeah, want to leave. But he's right not now. coming to MLS. I can tell you right now, he's not coming. Yeah, to yeah. Well, well, yeah. And like, it, here's the thing. Like, so like, apparently, like this, uh, like this, this news broke through Planet uh, No Gomet. I I, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's a it's a website that's in Slovenian. It broke on uh, March twenty sixth. Um, I can't see who else he was connected to. Uh, it, it could be a matter of money. 
So it's, uh, been, so it's been a couple of days now since that news broke. It, it, yeah, so like, like it could be a, it could be a thing about money. Uh, I, I'm not reading here that there were big like many other clubs in the market for him. Obviously, Slovenia is a bit of an untapped market because Slovenia hasn't been known to produce like too many world beaters. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can go through the history I mean, of I football. I mean, the only one really uh, is Jen uh, Oblak, and he's a goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly, 100. And From uh, at, but like. Yes. From what I've gathered, also this guy that they're talking about, he's on a pretty ridiculous run of form um, for his whatever club he plays for. So with him being in that in trending in that crazy run of form, um, it's pretty much going to like take him out of our like our abilities to sign him, like because he's really looking for a, a top five European move. Is what I've gathered well, yeah, from I, social media today. Well, so we had the uh, it was four point well, it was four point two million euros. I don't know uh, the, what would you say about four point five million in dollars American dollars thereabouts probably somewhere in that ballpark. So it's yeah, a no, dollar eight to the euro today. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yeah, so, uh, a little bit more, but uh, um, you know, so obvi- so we're talking like it, within the realm of five million dollars. We're talking about like within you know if, if not yeah. So you know that's a pretty expensive price tag to pay. Um, there might. I don't know how you know how much you would be making on the books. Obviously, we have no DP spots available for this year. Uh, once Santi turns 24 next season, uh, his young DP uh, tag will reduce, and depending on what his actual salary is, will be adjusted accordingly. Uh, however, um, you know, like it's just—it's nice to see it there at least in the market. Uh, but you know, like. This club is not going to sign a striker into the summer. I've been saying it for forever. At this point in the season, you know, there's only a few months left in the European uh, in the European season, and you know, and so there's there's gonna only gonna be there's only so many players who are going to be willing to leave. I mean, unless you're playing in like a league in like South America, where like the the league structure and the league schedule kind of like aligns with ours. Unless like yeah, unless like you're in like those regions. Not many players are going to be willing to leave in early April, you know, just a few months before the season's ending, especially if they're going to be on free contracts in a few months, you know, like, like, so I just don't see it as feasible right now that any, that you'll see any significant movement uh, on the transfer front as far as NYCFC goes until at least, you know, the first week of July. Well, the, you know, maybe we're we going to have some, we're going to have an uneasy couple of months, man. You well, know? the other problem is, yeah. is that uh, all we've been hearing from a certain source is that um nycfc has a lot of potential moves coming down the pipe and that like they're very active and there's it's a lot a lot more players are gonna get signed. Not yes. yet. Blah, i know blah, blah. but but ne- but now we are it's literally it's march 29th we're on the preface of turning of turning into april and the mls window closes at the end of april we all know that by now we'd have we would have some type of nugget or, or breadcrumb or cookie crumb leading towards a player because it, t- it takes multiple weeks to sign somebody all right so we're looking at it we have a like a three and a half four week window now to when the window closes i think we would have started hurting some because obviously look look how freaking long it took for us to bring richie ledesma over we've been hearing about ledesma for over a month and then it kind of looked like it was falling off and then now bam out of nowhere it, mag- really. it magically happened and, and all of a sudden he signed the exception yeah, we've been, we've been and then he finally came February. and then, and then on top of that with the smoke and mirrors of nycfc he was fucking here for three days training with the club before he was actually fucking formally announced so not like everything that nycfc does is behind closed doors 
and is is, is not going to see the light of day until it actually is about to freaking happen. Let, let, let alone sure. they had Ledesma on site three days before they even announced that he was actually a they are, they member are very of the team. good at that. I give him credit. Uh, so, so here's the thing. I mean, but I think we also have to give credit where it's due because, as I've been saying, since David Lee took over Claudio Reyna's book he, in 2020, he, hey, he, ha- he has hardly missed. Uh, well, uh, he, he has made some very, very good moves, some very, very good business. Even if the players didn't pan out to be as impo- as good as some of them could have been, i.e. Katja Acevedo, who I still don't really rate to this day, it, it would be foolish for me to say that Katja Acevedo didn't play a significant part in our success. Uh, players like Tiago Andrade, who are like, and players like T- Tylus Magno. You say what you want about Tylus Magno. He's a highly touted prospect, and when he's playing in his actual position, he's a fucking menace, and he's one of the best players in the league on his day. Uh, you, you know, like, like got young players like Michi Ilenich, who we've already seen make an impact within, like, with, as an 18 year old, a child. I mean, hell, I mean, even, even, even a veteran like Alfredo Morales, he was such a crucial yeah. part in that MLS Cup run. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Alfredo Morales' last few performances have been very, very subpar, and I'm very, very disappointed. But, you know, he is an aging footballer, and we have to take into account he is but approaching it, his... Him before the groin injury, he was absolutely great. Yeah, exactly. And, and just like, and also bringing in Keaton Parks permanently. Remember, that was done under David Lee's watch, not uh, not Reyna's. You know, Reyna, you know, got the loan deal. I don't even remember if that loan deal had an option to buy at the end of it. But uh, I, don't, it, I, I don't recall, but I, I don't think so. I just think he made such a great impact that David Lee was like, you know what, I'm going to make this kid a, a permanent uh, permanent fixture. And I hate to our, sound our like... Scouting and, and acquisition is solid. There's no question about that. You know? Yeah, and I hate to sound like, you know, like a fucking shill. And I hate to sound like, you know, like a, like a mouthpiece for CFG and NYCFC because God knows they don't need me to be the mouthpiece, you know. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, and... You know, people. If I, you I, were, you'd I, be getting a nice payday. I, I, I mean, listen. If you want, if you want to pay me like I'm, what I'm worth, you know. But, uh, and, but regardless, I mean, at the same time, I do think that we have to trust the process a little bit in this regard because, uh, you know, I, I do think that that uh, that Q and A with David Lee was very, very telling. Uh, we gotta I be think, like Arsenal fans that trust the process. This is a team that plays the long game. This is not a team. We've discussed this before. This is not a team that builds itself for the supporter shield or to be a force to be reckoned with in, uh, you know, in in May. We're, no, we're known or, for notoriously having slow starts of the season. Yep. And that's because slow starts and like little sputters towards the end of fall once players start getting fatigued due to fixture congestion. And, and then we uh, just have a very strong finish. Yeah, I, and this is a team that usually takes time to build. This is not. Uh, NYCFC is not competing for supporter shields. They're not competing for U.S. Open Cups. They're competing for MLS. And in Cups. fact, they don't, I don't. I don't even think they care about those two trophies. I just think their their eyes are just solely focused on MLS. Cups. They, uh, they I look that 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 type of team that that runs through the season like that. That's the MLS Cup recipe. Exactly. It it's it's a marathon. You know? It's not a sprint. Yeah, how do you how do you it, think? How do you think Red Bull does? Like Red Bull, they, they they do well at the start of the season, but then they just kind of like burn out throughout the middle, and then they, they they limp out of the playoffs like every single year. Here, here here's the thing, OG, OG. So I I'm pretty sure you, I'm I'm sure you've listened to the podcast before. I'm pretty sure you've heard yep. me have have this take before. I believe this team will win every single game at Yankee Stadium this year. We'll win. I, uh, maybe that maybe there's a draw. One a big draw in there, but but we will be dominant at the stadium. No question. Right. Here's the thing. Here's here's how NYCFC and Nick Cushing and David Lee are going to play it. They are going to pl- they are going to say, "Listen, we are unbeatable at Yankee Stadium, and we're pretty much 
very, very, very hard to beat at City Field, especially how our form has been there recently. Just I don't know. Yep. NYCFC just seems to have a bug about them on these tight pitches. And and they're going to say, as long as we can guarantee us finishing at least third or fourth in the East and guaranteeing ourselves at least one, if not two, home games in the playoffs, uh, the hopefully city field and yankee stadium are available come that time uh they're, they're, they're going to say then we are the odds on favorites i said it in 2021 if we beat new england that year it was our cup to lose all we had to do was get through new england and then and and it was and it was ours to lose in my opinion i didn't I mean, see anybody had- i mean to, to your logic it was absolutely true i mean hell we we we, we played a philly team that was missing 11 players I, I, but but even so, I mean, listen, to, to that point, Philly was at full strength for most of the year. We beat them 2-0 at home earlier that season, and then we drew them 1-1 down a they man. They beat us with 10 men at Yankee Stadium. I'm behind. There was no fucking logic that suggests that Philly on this day would have been better than NYCFC when they had fallen completely flat on their face in the two previous matches that we had with them at full strength prior in the season so i don't want to hear that fucking slander i don't want to hear that rhetoric because there's no there's no data to suggest that it would have been true so So what what i'm hearing there's a little bit of data what what i'm hearing christian and joe is going to love this what i'm hearing is that april and may are the month of vibes correct absolutely 100 it fucking i mean we got we we got a mini home game stand after this game yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going into a three-game homestand. There is no rush to collect players. We do not need reinforcements for those three games. I think two of which are at Yankee Stadium, one of which is at City Field, if I'm correct. No, the Atlantic game is at Yankee Stadium, and then we have two back-to-back games against Nashville and Dallas even, at City. Even so, bring it on, because I, I, I was just telling Gio in the Twitter space the other day, because Gio's finally going to a City Field game uh, in one of those two. It's going to be his first. I think it's going to be the Atlantic game. The atmosphere at City Field is brilliant. I love it. I'm a it is. hardcore. It is. I'm it is. A, it's a better setup. Yep. I'm a hardcore Yankees fan, uh, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but when it comes to the sport of football, City Field reigns supreme. It is a way better atmosphere. That place contains it's noise. It's tighter. It's more closed in. You feel more on top of the field. It's a, definitely a better environment. It is. Yeah, and it just and and I think we're going to, especially coming off of that game at Yankee Stadium, which I think we're going to win uh, because it's Yankee Stadium. Uh, going into those two games at City Field, I think we're going to get at least four points out of those two games, and and then you go on the road back again, you deal with it again, and then you tool up in the summer, and then you become the best team throughout the summer, and then hopefully you can avoid that late season skid. But uh, at knowing what this team's going to do, we're going to have a very strong summer. It's going to be a very 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 good summer, and 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 then we might rotate a little bit to try to save like tired legs and try to how how how, how, did, how did last summer go just just I'm, I'm having a bit of amnesia how did last summer go we actually four. had a pretty good summer at uh, the beginning of line. july it was, the no, entire summer no, was fucking miserable four. no that's not no it's not go back and look at the results the entire summer was miserable that was the worst stretch we've ever right, had what, when is when is summer, when is summer solstice start joe june Something july like august calendar. Okay, good. I'm so glad you mentioned that because te- technically this team had a very good June. Oh, this team nice. had a very good early July before Tati left. And then we had Skid in, in August, which was promptly fixed in early September. Once we, we had the, we had the, post, the post-Tati struggle initially. Yeah, but but for June and the first part of first half of July, we were pretty, pretty fucking good. As a matter of fact, before July 15th, I would say we were the best team in the league, or none. Yeah, so, a, I mean, With a yeah. certain all-star carrying us. And also, last year was a fucking anomaly because this team's always had a strong summer, and we lost both of our head coach and our striker in the middle, in the dead, dead middle of it. 
So, I mean, like last summer, I think we have to come at it with a little bit of, uh, you know, we have to look at it through a bit of a different lens. There's right. a very big nuance. There's a lot of nuances to last season, which I think that we can be a lot of people conveniently fucking ignore, which they shouldn't ignore. Because that was a very, very tough position for a team to be put on. A team that's battling for a supporter shield all of a sudden loses its its goal its golden boot winning striker and their MLS Cup winning head coach. That was brutal. That was, that was brutal. I, 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 come on, like really, like like we're going to and and Joe still complains about the results of that season. I'm just like, what 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 the fuck are we talking about? What game are we watching? He considers the season a failure because we didn't make MLS Cup. All right. I mean, in that case, we can't talk about the same stuff on every podcast. Up. We're supposed to be talking about New England. I haven't even done my preview yet for the for the lineup because we've digressed that much. Uh, <laughs> okay, what's your, what's what's your lineup against New England, Joe? I bras and goal, and and the reason why I bras and goal is because I believe that Nick Cushing is um, he's on. Uh, well, no, he's. He's arrogant in in terms that he, he doesn't think that he has to change anything, and that it like what he like what he knows and what he's doing is going to work. Um, and he's kind of stubborn in terms of not wanting to not not he's not going to make major changes. Um, so I think Barraza still starts because I, I don't think although this would be an opportune time to, to um after Barraza conceding goals the in the first five games I, I think and also with him having that potential little groin hiccup last match I think this would be an opportunity time to to have a goalkeeper change for uh, for a, a stretch of games I do not think it's going to happen so I think Barraza is going to start um, I also think that I don't I don't see um, him benching Tavon Gray for uh, for Micha because of because Tavon Gray had a poorer performance the last game I don't think that he wants to ruin Tavon's confidence by relegating him to the bench I think that he needs to have a rebound performance after conceding a PK and not having really any offensive um which was never a penalty to begin with okay yeah Dobby we can talk about it but um I've, I've listened to multiple podcasts he made contact with the leg it's a fucking foul in the box it's a PK anyway um yes it's a foul in the box if it's a foul if, it, if it's a foul in the middle of the field it's a foul in the box it's a PK um, I fell in the middle field either. It is. He clipped his ankle. He hit him. He kicked him. He fucking kicked him. Anyway, so Gray, um, Gray at right back. Tiago Martins at right center back. Chanel at left center back. Kufre at left back. Sands and Parks at the six and the eight. Um, I also don't think that he's ready to uh, to um, uh, to relinquish that. Um, P- Matias Pellegrini is not providing much in terms of the attack. So I think I think Pellegrini starts on the left. I think we have GP on the right. Uh, Santi at the 10 and Talos Magna on top, relatively unchanged. He's going to roll out the same tired lineup and um, and it's going to produce, produce the same tired results that we've been seeing on the on the road um, through the first four, three road matches. And then this will be the fourth. So that's my prediction for, for the starting lineup. Do I do I wish it would be is it was different? Yes. But this is what I generally feel is going to happen. Um, I do not think that, that was a uh, quality, succinct and efficient delivery. Of a lineup, Joe. Well done. Yeah, I don't think that Richie um, is ready to, to start yet. Um, he, I mean, he 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 got 30, 30 something minutes on three days of training, um, and I mean, yeah, he'll have a full week of training underneath him this week. But I, I still I I, I don't think it, he's exactly it'll only be his first full week. I don't think that he's carved out like a, a like a role in this offense yet because it, it's like okay, if he plays the ten, then then now we have to move Santi. Um, but if he doesn't play the ten, now we have to potentially move. Gabi, because I, I mean, I don't think that although they like playing Gabi as an inverted winger on the right, I don't think that they necessarily are going to. I don't think that that um, 
that uh, that Ledesma is going to want to play inverted on the left. I think he's going to want to play on the right because that's kind of that's where he played when he went in, into this game. He came in for Gabi and played at the right wing, um, but also while also kind of drifting into the middle of the pitch at times. Um, so I, I do think that we see Ledesma in this match, but I don't I don't think that he's ready to to start just quite yet. Um, I think so, that's pretty fair. I think fair prediction. Yeah, I do think that's a fair prediction. Yeah, I I, I agree with the Ledesma statement. I think he'll come off the bench, probably get another 20, 25 minutes. See, because the only reason why I say like Ledesma over Pellegrini is just because I just don't see it from Pellegrini, and I and I I don't understand how anyone could see it because he hasn't made a difference. He hasn't. He hasn't. Now listen, he should have contributed to a goal. To be fair, if Andres Jason was a better finisher, he would have at least one assist right now. And if Santi wasn't standing, and, and, and offside, he'd have a goal if Santi Rodriguez was an offside. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, correct. I, I, and but you know, like to be fair, you know, like you have to you have to judge a player's performance as a whole, not in pieces. Like like you can't do it in like one. Like like you can't like say oh. He made one good chance, but then played lousy for 85 minutes. Well, like, like that—that's not how you evaluate a performance. It has to be a—you have to judge it in its totality. And as in its totality, Pellegrini, I—he—he he disappears flat out during certain games. Like I don't even remember he's on the pitch. And just, but, but by by that same token, I can completely see where Joe's coming from. That, uh, you know, Cushing may or may not be a good coach however one thing that we do know about him is that he is very stubborn and he will stick to his guns if need be and let a player play it out through through a bad run of form and see if he can get some production out of them oh to a fault yeah to a fault so yes. you know i hate to say it, but i think it's almost like uh you know that stubborn it's another word sometimes we you know, and um, I, I think it's, you know, his unwillingness to, to make changes, to, you know, stick with something when it's clearly not working. Not a good, um, you know, not a good characteristic for a coach, I think. I, I also want to wrap the, uh, well, not wrap it up, uh, but I wanted to acknowledge, too, that I put Freeze in my starting lineup. And Sam Perman was one of the people in our uh, Discord who asked whether or not Freeze would get a start. I believe yes, but three people believe no. So. I'm in minority here. Since, since. I would like. I, think I would like to see him. Nice. I want to see him. I want it. I think it would be nice. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 I know we would all like to see him at this point. I think we're all in agreement of that. Whether or not we will see him is a point of contention among because we don't know what Cushing is going to do. We don't know what well, he's seeing. We don't well, know. It's a, it's a quote unquote goalkeeping battle for that number one position. But from what we've seen the past five weeks with Barraza being goal every single game, it just feels like Barraza is running away with it. it. It's Barraza's to lose. It's Barraza's to lose. Bottom line. I, I yeah, do believe completely. that Barraza's. I do believe it's Barraza's to lose. But does anybody like really believe this competition? Like shit. Like does anybody actually believe that, or is that just corporate? You know, like it's, it's corporate. Corporate speak. It could have been some corporate bullshit yeah, just drawn up on the fucking absolutely. No, well, so if it is corporate yeah. speak, then you, you guys were kind of uh, you guys were kind of doing this to David Lee before. Um, but uh, no, well, if it, I, if, well, it, if, it, if it is corporate speak, then that is then then that move to pick to get freeze was one of the all time worst moves in the history of the club because we sent a lot of garber bucks to Philly for for this guy. Then Haley like and we hand up. them like almost a million. Yeah, like, eight, eight, like over two seasons, like eight hundred k. Yeah. And did I ever acknowledge that it was a real competition? Actually, as a matter of fact, I think I mentioned the opposite. What the hell is Cushing going to say? Yeah, no, we've got our... No, I think, I think what Joe is alluding to the fact is that we, we spoke very highly of Lee and his, and his acquisitions and the moves that he's made. Yeah. But having well, said yeah. that, 
we're talking about, you know, corporate speakers that this is an open competition. We've thrown a lot of money that way. But the reality is that it doesn't feel like it's open. Sure, but that's Cushing. I mean, the guy who's making these moves is David Lee. I was talking about David Lee's act- acquisitions. And, I, yeah, I'm, that, I'm that, saying that. acquiring Freeze for that much money for him to come in and not be a starter is if, alarming. He's essentially he acquired a backup goalkeeper to a backup here's the, goalkeeper. Here, but here's the thing. He should be the starter. That's the thing. It was a good move, and I think that Freeze should be the starter. And we've seen him play in Philly. The kid's no fucking joke. He's a good player. I know, and we've but, seen but him if, play he, in, if you think that... Uh, Lee, what's the name of the what's the name of the guy who owns the club? Baron Serrano? No, no, like the, like the Sheikh Mansour. No, Mansour. Like David Lee's a sporting That's director. John, the what's the guy with the sleep? Brad Sims. Brad Sims. Brad Sims. Um, so if you think that if you don't think that Brad Sims and David Lee have have an ear to Nick Cushing to set to tell him things and kind of sway him. Like then, I mean, like so, like if they, if they say, "Hey, we need to see Freeze," and then we see Freeze, like that's what happens. Okay, I understand that, but also you have to remember Cushing's the one that's managing the locker room, and also Cushing just signed a permanent deal. So even if Cushing dissented to that opinion, which probably wouldn't be a good idea if you were there for two years, how it long would was be that a, deal again? Three years? I, I I don't remember how long it was. It's irrelevant. Here's the thing: he just became the permanent manager of this club. If they fired him three months after he got the job, and then and then that would be a PR nightmare for the club, and that would not especially that'd be awesome, but. No, no, here's, no, that's not off because here, here you have a team who has two wins, two losses, and one draw. A respectable start to the season, all things considered, especially for a team that's expected to be in a rebuild. It's not a bad start, contextually speaking. And then you have a coach who just signed a brand new contract who is getting fired three months in. Would you want that fucking job? Well, I'm not saying you should get fired. It, 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 here's the thing. But here's the thing. If, if, if Sims and, and Lee both come up to – uh, Cushing and say it's Freeze's job and then Cushing dissents and says no it's Barraza's job to lose because he's been the backup here and, and the kid has earned it and he deserves a, sp- de- deserves a chance to prove that he could be a starter a starting goalkeeper in this league why has he earned it uh, again? The, the, I'm not saying no I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking just, what, what has he done to earn it he's just, no he's just saying he's yeah, just saying like I'm what Cushing would say he's done anything to earn it I'm saying that they're going that Cushing says, I respect I respect this kid's loyalty to the club and him signing a contract extension while Sean Johnson was still here. He's been a backup. He's been waiting for his chance. It doesn't matter what he's done to deserve it. We're talking about a coach who has to deal with the interpersonal relationships in a locker room. And he's going to say, and I'm sure that he gave his assurances to Barraza when the season started, Sean's not here. This is your spot to lose because you deserve it because you've been waiting for your chance. Whereas if I give it to an outsider, you also risk pissing off the rest of the locker room because Baraz has been waiting a long time for his chance. And then some guy comes in from a rival club, mind you, and just takes his spot. That that, that doesn't send a good message if you're in the clubhouse. Now, yeah, listen, that, that, that I, won't sit well with the rest of the teammates either. 100%. And that's my point. It's not about whether or not Baraza deserves to have the spot from a talent perspective, because if we're talking about that, then I agree 100%. It should be Freeze's spot because what I, I said it in the beginning of the podcast when I was doing my lineup. I, I, I'm i done with Barraza. I've seen enough. I want Freeze. However, Cushing is probably putting his foot down and saying, no, this kid's deserved it. Or, or, or at least I'm not saying probably. This is all conjecture. I don't want to talk like we're speaking gospel here. We're, 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 this is all rumor and innuendo. And it's not. there's not even much rumor behind it to begin with. This is pure speculation. However, that said, even if David Lee and Brad Sims 
were to say, no, Freeze is the keeper because we paid a lot of money for him and we're not paying him this money and Philly all this money over the course of two or three seasons, however many seasons it is, for him to ride the pine. And Cushing pushes back on it. Cushing's kind of got them by the balls because they're not going to fire a coach three months into the spot, especially when they've had a respectable start, all things considered, considering we're in a fucking full-blown rebound, like full-blown rebuild. I, I don't even know if like you can call it retooling. I would say it's retooling, but regardless, it's a rebuild nonetheless. Uh, like, like, what do you do? You can't really do much. Cushing is, for better or for worse, is untouchable for at least one season. You just—it it just seems like you just got to give. Uh, and we, and we've seen like, this. You just got to give Cushing the backing at this point. Oh, gee, we've seen this tons of times as Yankee fans. You know, where where you know, old George, you know, wanted yeah. some players playing, and he had discussions with Tory and fucking Girardi. You know, uh, it, well, not Girardi so much. He died only like about two years after he took over the club. But we saw it with Billy Burton. We saw it with Tory, Buck Showalter, guys who he probably kept on for a little like longer than he probably would have wanted because he was just by the balls and yeah. the team was and the team was winning. So like there was really nothing that they could do. I mean, we, we we've seen this kind of contention before. It's not unprecedented, especially in the Bronx. And these politics are not getting the full season. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, no, there's no question. Cushing is getting the full season, whether he deserves it or not, based on that yep. half season that he got. That's that discussion is a wash at this point. He's getting this full season, even if David Lee and and uh, and uh, Brad Sims are instructing him or at least pushing him towards Matt Freeze. If they even are, I don't even know if they are. If that if that's the case, if they're not doing that, then I think that would be a huge waste of money but then again cfg has also proven to they can kind of just throw money around as they please we're not talking about frugal people here agree or disagree joe i mean i don't agree with the narrative that that we're that we're rebuilding i don't i don't really i don't subscribe to that we what do you mean that we're not rebuilding we had the biggest roster turnover in yeah, league that history i don't really i don't really care I, I mean so i mean in terms of the starting line, in, in terms of the starting lineup we haven't lost that many players uh, but yes we have we've lost alex collins we've we lost, lost in her home but yeah, but maxi Ma Ma doesn't count because we have santi there santi was santi was already here to replace him so like maxi was start maxi was a starter though but so was santi so was santi Okay, but we're not talking about Santi. We're talking about but Santi's his replacement. No okay, who are the people who were starters who are not here? Santi being here is 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 is, is not relevant. We've that, lost Sean Johnson. It's completely we started relevant. At, no, it's not. We've lost Sean Johnson. It's who, relevant. Who started every game? We lost Alex Collins. who started every single game. We lost Maxi Morales. who started every single game when he was healthy. We've lost. Uh, who was a good tenor, uh, locker room? Yeah, but Tavon Gray was here it's, playing it's, games. Like it doesn't matter. It's, it's significant turnover, though. There's no way you can. There's do it. turnover, when but we're not rebuilding. When he was hurt, that—that's the only time that an entire season, almost played. an entire season. Yeah, he was hurt. Almost an entire. He, so Gray has almost an entire season under his belt. Once he got healthy, what was Tinnerholm doing? Playing. Was he on the? He yeah, a starter. He was a starter. Was he not? Yes, but then when he wasn't playing, Tavon Gray has a plethora of of MLS experience. That alone is four starters out of eleven players. It's That's retooling, not rebuilding. Squad. 
Uh, I th you know what? I actually like that, Joe. It's retooling rather than rebuilding. You I can think say it's retooling, but it's it's not like uh, you can, you, the distinction between retooling and rebuilding. Or we're just we're, yeah, we're but when you rebuild, you strip, you strip down to the frame and you build back out. We and quite and when you when you're rebuilding, down. you're expecting to be at the bottom of at, like the bottom of the east, like barely making it. Like yeah, before we got Santi back, that was like we were like oh shit, like we might, we might be six, seven, eight, no, nine, in, ten. In, like, no, in fact, I think I think getting back Santi and getting. Jamie back. I think we were able to sidestep a rebuild. It's more so of a retooling. So yeah. I kind of agree with Joe, yeah. but I also do agree with the the uh, the direction where Christian's coming from, where we do have significant take. Oh no, I, I agree. Uh, we had turnover, turnover but we are we're, yeah. we're still poised to do some things. Like re rebuilding means like oh shit, like we're in for a I long think, fucking season. We're gonna with suck Santi, with Santi and James Sands coming back. We we were able to sidestep a rebuild. Those, those are those are those are key key changes. Sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue. And listen, I think I said it in, earlier in this pod that I think it's more so retooling than it is rebuilding. I did say that. However, when it comes down to the objective facts, no team in this league in the history has lost more production than we lost between 2022 and 2023. That's just a, an objective fact. I agree. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's massive, and, and, and that and that is massive. Whether or not you want to call that retooling or rebuilding by anyone else's standard, that's a fucking well, rebuild. It's really now, it's a, it's a testament to our depth because we have all these players true. who were able to replace them, and they, it's not like these players who replace them like are like f f like green behind the ears, like never played in the MLS. Like we have all these guys, like Tavon Gray is able to just fucking step in for dinner home because Tavon Gray has like what like thirty games of MLS experience, and Santi Rodriguez is able to step in for Maxi Mouse because and is, and Santi is, has what like fifty. Games of MLS experience, like these, like we're. But that that's that, that's a huge point, Joe. Because in another organization, to take the losses like we did, they wouldn't be in the position to be where we are now, right? That that's really what it comes down to. So where where yeah. we're hurting right now is like because we lost these guys and our depth is now becoming starters. Our depth fucking sucks, which is why right. we, which is why we we're, we're, we might struggle to get wins this year because all like we used to like. It used to be ridiculous when, we, like last season, like bring the guys that we had coming off the bench were like these guys would be starters anywhere else in the league, and then now all of a sudden they are the starters. But the problem is now the guys behind them, all behind Nick them, yeah. Nick yeah. Cushing doesn't even use all five fucking subs because he's he looks over at the bench. He's like, I'm not fucking putting them in. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, so yeah. So but but right now we do have we have adequate depth. We don't have great depth. Like we have like we have Alfredo Morales coming off coming off the the bench in the midfield. Which I mean, yeah, he has. He's in a poor run of form right now, but he's a pretty damn good person to be coming off the bench in the midfield. We could have a lot worse. Okay, okay. So here's the thing: you, whether or not we want to call it a rebuild or a retooling, does anybody, does any pundit? Now we know this team better than most, but does any pundit see this team being a threat in the East? They should right now. But do they? Right now, they don't. No, I don't think they do. Nope. What about other fan bases? Are any fan bases dreading playing NYCFC? No. Especially at home? No, right now? At, at home for us, yeah. No, unless at they Yankees, come to Yankee Stadium so they can bitch about something. Yeah, but, but, but if they're hosting a game, are they worried? No. No, but the reason why they're not worried is because Talos Magno is not playing up to his potential at the 9 right now. That's why. Yes, because we have no depth. Because he's not a fucking 9, that's nine. why. Yeah, but all over, everywhere else in the field, we, we're good. And if we had a full squad and we weren't rebuilding the squad as it as it stands, Palace wouldn't be at striker. That he just wouldn't be there. We're not We're, now listen, this or, is or or if the club had acted faster and got an actual fucking striker, they, it's all may, may, 
Well, hold on, hold time out right there. It, obviously, given the recent reports, they've tried to get a striker, but it's easier said than done because you need to have the right striker. You can't just. We saw it with a bear. You couldn't just plug and play any kind of a striker who had any kind of goal scoring history into this system and then have them be successful. Ebert might have been successful under Dome Terenz and YCFC, but he was not a factor in... People forget he wasn't good under Ronnie Dyla before he got hurt. People forget that all the time. It took him until... He wasn't wasn't the same player, and he didn't fit into the system the way Tati Castellanos did, and it carried over into Cushion. Coach Joe never forgets that, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. Don't forget what? Hey, Bear? Yeah. yeah, a Baron is his not being able to fit Norris into the system and not uh, not playing the way yep. striker the way that Tati played it. Yep. Listen, it's easy for Cushing and David Lee to get in front of a camera and say we believe in Palace Magno's ability at the nine, and we and we think that he's going to bang in goals. We don't. Like it's no tomorrow for us because what the fuck are Fans they going to say? Go. We hate this kid at the striker and and he fucking sucks there, and we wish they oh, could no, play you, his no, you, you know, you can't you can't go out and slander your. Young. I, I, like exactly that. exactly so we need to start taking like competition for places with a grain of salt there is no competition for places you're only as good as your last game and you are going to continue to play if you if, if the team is winning independent of whether or not the guy behind you would help you more that's it there's no such thing as competition for places we like to think there is but the thing is these spots only open up when there's an injury or when there's someone's three, just not available there's three positions that have a lot of competition for who's going to start we would like to think. No, there is. There I, is. There is bona fide evidence that there is. Right back, left no, back, left wing. I mean, in the fans' eyes, sure. Maybe not in Cushing's eyes. Obviously, he thinks Baraz is the guy. I didn't say goalkeeper. I said right back, left back, left wing. Uh, and you think this is also an idea with Cushing? You think that he also agrees? Yes, Tavon Gray and Olenek are battling for who's going to be the starter. The entire season they're battling. Cushing, left wing, Cushing left back, we have, what do we have, three left backs in the roster? I mean, obviously, Malty's fallen out of favor, but... Between O'Toole Including... and Kufre, there's a there's a battle. And then left wing, Pellegrini, fucking uh, Ledesma, Tiago and Drage. There's not a there's not a battle between Kufre and O'Toole. There's just not. Kufre is from Mallorca and is on loan with an option to buy. Kevin O'Toole's a second round MLS super draft pick. There is no competition. Let's stop pretending there is. O'Toole also, just came on. This is coming He came on late in the game. For Kufre. He's not starting over Kufre. Nobody came on for him. So at least, there's, a, there's at least a 70-30 split there. I, I can almost guarantee, I'd be willing to guarantee right now, Kufre will not lose a start so long as he's healthy to Kevin O'Toole. I would, I'd be willing to bet it right now. And also, we also have to... This is also coming from the manager who said that we want to show tactical flexibility to the team. Have we seen any tactical flexibility? Yeah, he, well, is we, he going to say we, no? We, we were in a 4-4-2 this last game, so that's pretty flexible. Is in, in, in defensive transition, is this going to be a guy that says, no, I'm fucking dumb. We only have one plan. If you can figure out that plan, then, you know, you pretty much got us. No coach is going to say that these players are backups and these players are starters. And no and no coach is going to say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That We're, we're talking about things that just don't. We're trying to envision a perfect world. And unfortunately, sports is not a perfect world. While it might be the closest thing that we have to a meritocracy in our society, it at the same time, it's also super political and it's super clicky. And Cushing has his guys, the guys that he's been around forever, and he also has some guys in the squad who he feels and probably feels indebted to, such as Luis Barraza for laying on the bench for three seasons. It, it, has it been three seasons, Davi, or four? Which one? Uh, it's been four, but he's been a backup for three. Yeah, okay. So well, there you go. Is, it, is this the like fourth? That. Because this season isn't over, so it's just started. So is it three plus the start of this season? 
three plus the start of this season, I think is what Davi's trying to say. No, not, no, 19. We drafted him in 19. So 19. 20, Here's the thing. We were just. 22. We were oh, just so, oh, so this is season five. No, wait. No, yeah. if we drafted him in 19, that means he started in 20? No. He no. came in in 19. The draft is in December. Uh, okay, so he came in in 2018 draft or the 2019 draft. Which, which draft was it, Davi? You're the, 2019. You're the guy. So if he got drafted okay, so in 19, he, that means he was – that was December – or actually it might have been January of 19. But so drafted late 2018, early 19. Yeah, okay. Oh, so he was drafted in 2018, and he has been here since the 2019 season. Yeah. That's so his one, first, his first two, pro three, year was 2019. Four seasons as a backup. 19, 19 20, 21, 22. That's four seasons as a backup, not three. So he's in his year, fifth year. Yes, 100% Christian feels fucking indebted to this kid. He's been sitting on the bench for four years. So yeah, no, and, and and in fact, he's been third choice for 2019 and 2020. Yeah, uh, behind Stuver, I rest my case. I'm not entertaining that conversation anymore. It, it's he's going to give Barraza the start, starting spot, whether he deserves it or fucking not. I would love to see Freeze in there. I think Freeze is the better goalkeeper, but it's p- politics. All right. I think we all, we're all on the same page on that one. That's the one point we're all universally agreed on. All right, so I think now is as good time as ever to, to go over. Uh, Keys to the match. Um, th- the three notes I have written down. Number one, based on this is also based on the statistical analysis that I did. Um, NYCFC needs to stay checked in from the opening whistle, and it is, it is of the utmost, the par- it is of paramount importance that we keep a clean sheet through the first thirty minutes because of our propensity as a as a club to concede goals in the first fifteen minutes away at New England. We need to score. We need to keep a clean sheet in the first thirty minutes. And stay and come out in the first from the opening whistle, ready to go, checked into the match, ready to fight. Um, number two is score early. All right, we uh, we have relative success against New England away when scoring early. Santi has scored in the third minute and the eleventh minute against New England. So if we can come out and score early, I like our chances. Um, and number three is limit uh, Carles Heel and also limit Gustavo Bow. Um, limit their influence on the match, limit their their assisting and goal scoring. If we can keep them relatively quiet, I think that um, the, the odds are in our favor to go in and get a favorable result, whether a draw or a win up at New England. What do you guys think to those keys of the match? I think they're accurate. I think the critical one is score. We've got to score. We've got to score from the run of play. It's going to build our confidence. Um, it, it's in a drought I mean, they've got to open it up somehow i think that scoring uh, early I, I, is important as well because I mean, if we if, if, if the game goes long zero zero or if we're down one zero we typically don't wait, play well from behind good. we need to score early not good yep well the agreed. thing is i mean i, I mean that, that could be applied to like oh, most teams too you don't want to ever be chasing a game especially from like early the like the onset of the first half like chasing a game i mean like you know, obviously it doesn't translate, you know, into real life. But, I mean, I'm a huge pro clubs player. I love 11v11 on FIFA. And typically when the other team scores first, you start getting desperate as the time goes by to get that equalizer and, and you know, and and then find the winner. You know, like but, like, for the most part, you're chasing that equalizer. And, and this is a team that likes to dictate the pace of play. They like to di- even even though they haven't really been dictating possession for most of the year. I mean, Houston, I felt like we had the ball a lot in the first half, but then in the second half kind of lost it. We've only had about, what, like 50% possession all year and even split. So, like, I really just – I'm still trying to figure out what Cush- who Cushing is as a coach. But, yes, no, I agree. Score early and get and get the lead so you're not chasing. And don't go into 
well, I mean, I, I don't want to shout a key before you say it, but like one of my keys to the game, one of Christian's keys to the game is don't fucking go into a defensive shell once you do get the go ahead goal. Yeah, I'm that, for more. That, that's don't, fair. And don't I, defend. I don't defend a one zero lead, especially this, with yeah, you. This like, is not like, a 1-0 team. I've I've always said if you if you are up up a goal in like the sixty fifth minute and the seventieth minute and you immediately go into a defensive shell, you're a fucking loser. And I don't fucking like that kind of like that outlook. It like listen, I understand you like, like that mentality, the, like, I do Dino not Simeone or like Jose Mourinho esque mentality. I don't I don't like negative mentality football. I do not like it. I don't uh, like I, I I hate it, especially when like you know like. Points are hard to fight. Listen, we can talk about early part of the season versus late part of the season versus mid part of the season. Points are fucking points, and if like and these races in the and these playoff races for for seeding, uh, in the MLS is typically pretty fucking tight, and every single point counts. Yes or no, Joe? Every point counts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if yeah. Mean, stealing stealing points on the road or getting three points on the road is 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 definitely a mark of a team that is going to contend for silverware. Um, the, you you see that every team that's at the bottom of the table at the end of the season, you look at their away record and it's absolutely dreadful and abysmal. Um, you, you see, they they absolutely struggle. They probably get like well, like one or two wins on the road. Yeah, so I mean, you have to find ways to sneak points, whether it's in whether it's in April or whether it's in October or September. You have to find a way to steal points on the road, um, especially against um, familiar foes, teams that we see often in, in the East that we play two, three times a year, whether it's in the Open Cup or in regular season or in any other fucking uh, random in-season tournament that we're, that we're fucking playing in. You have to find a way to beat your familiar foes, especially on the road. Um, I think now is as good a time as ever to kind of go uh, go around the around the horn again and and, uh, and get, give our predictions for uh, for what we think the match is going to look like this weekend. Uh, who wants to uh, Who wants to uh, take the honor of starting first? Let's go with Bronze OG first. All right. Um, I'm probably being overly optimistic, but I'm going to call two one NYCFC. Uh, that prediction is probably seventy percent heart and thirty percent head. Uh, I uh, so I I despite my uh, my sell stock. Uh, comment early on in the uh, in the pod. Uh, I, I I I think given the squad, and if we're at full strength, especially, uh, I I think that we are going to see a one-one draw. I think I think a one-one draw is fair, um, even though uh, New England is a scrappy and capable team. I think on our best day, we are as well, even if we are away from home. I think it's going to be an ugly game again. I, I don't think we're going. I don't think anybody should expect a much better performance than we saw in Houston, as far as aesthetics are concerned. But I do think that there is something in this game for NYCFC. I usually don't predict draws. I usually uh, like to stick with wins or losses, just because it, uh, like, I don't know. Like those are just. It's easier for me to figure out who's going to be the worst team and who's going to be the best team. But the best team doesn't always win, and the worst team doesn't always lose. And I think this is going to be one of the, these games where New England is the better team uh, overall as far as performance goes. But I think that NYCFC is going to find a way to score a goal. Uh, and I say Santi continues to haunt the nightmares of the uh, of, uh, of New England residents. And I say that Santi scores in this game. It's a decent shout. I can't, I can't say who's going to score for New England because I don't give a fuck. Dobby, what are you thinking? One-on-one draw. 
What draw? Uh, I think it'll 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. It'll be better than last week for sure since that bar's really, really low. Um, uh, if Chano back is, is good for us, uh, that means uh, James Sands gets to be back in midfield. Uh, and uh, hopefully we get a better performance, uh, even though historically we've been poor up in Gillette, but and on a turf field, which is, uh, you could argue, it's the, the worst turf field in, in all of MLS. Um, yeah, I, I just think uh, this game has draw written all over it. I mean, if if we don't draw, we're most likely going to lose it. Uh, but I think uh, I think we'll have a better performance than last week for sure. All right. Well, uh, I hate to be the uh, the Debbie Downer of the group, but um, I based on the statistical analysis and and based on the eye test of how we looked last week and how we've looked on the road um, in three of the matches this this week, I, I uh I see this being a two zero loss. Um, I think that I think that New England is looking very formidable, although that most of their wins have come against teams that are in the lower half of the the table right now and aren't aren't projected to be very very highly um, ranked teams at the end of the year. Um, I do think that uh, that they play well at home, that they're on kind of a hot streak right now, and uh, we're kind of in a lull. Uh, after doing well at home, we, we just we just don't play well away, and we don't play away at, well away at Foxborough. Um, so I see us coming away with a 2-0 defeat. Um, I think that Gustavo Bo will probably end up being one of the goal scorers, and then the other goal scorer will, will probably be uh, one, of their, one of their young players, like... Uh, Buck or somebody, or maybe even maybe even Tommy Mack comes to bite us in the ass because he, he did, um, he scored against us in 22. Um, and celebrated like a little fucking cunt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm not confident against, against the Revs. Um, they, they kind of have our number um, up in Foxborough and I, I don't, I don't think that we're going to come away with the result, but I do think that things turn around um, when we come uh, for the home stretch, um, for the home, the three games at home. So I think that we are going to be right back here on Sunday on the pod, and it's going to be a post post game bitch fest. And I think we're going to be upset about the result because I don't, I don't see, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any of our attackers stepping up to uh, put the team on their back like Tati used to. Um, I know Santi has uh, relative success against the Revs, but um, he hasn't really shown me anything other than the goal that he scored at home. But away, he kind of is uh, insignificant and disappears. Um, and Talos, forget about it. Talos is like the invisible man out there. It's, he's not doing anything of note other than uh, other than doing uh, Yogo Benito uh, little highlight mixtape with uh, Gabby Pereira doing fancy flicks and tricks and passes and shit. But that doesn't that doesn't get you points at the end of the day. So it doesn't really matter. Um, it does not. It does not matter unless the ball goes into the net. Yep. There you go. The white thing needs to go in the rectangular thing, and it needs to cross over the the white line. <laughs> That's all that matters. I don't care how it gets there; it just has to get there. Um, yeah. So the so I, mean, I, I think that we could put a bow on on episode sixteen, previewing New England. Uh, do we have do we have final thoughts? Um, going around. Uh, <clears throat> as the honored guest, I just say that uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the pod, and as I said, break my pod cherry been a lot of fun um you guys are extremely passionate about the team uh, so i'm appreciative of the uh, the knowledge that you bring as well so um it's been great it's been fun thanks for having me on and uh as i said i'm, I'm hoping for a 2-1 but you know I, I definitely understand joe's realism as well uh, uh og where, where do you uh where do you tweet at if so people can find you if they want to follow you um what am i uh at nyc underscore bx underscore og i believe Pretty sure that's me. 
believe so. Yep, uh, that is me. Yeah, <laughs> verified. Davi, final thoughts? Uh, let's just uh, let's just play better than last week. To be honest, that's it. <laughs> let's, let's see a goal or two. Uh, hadn't had enough of this. Uh, Talos Magno trying to R and B one mixtape bullshit that the club tried pushing out um, earlier in the week. I know that uh, Buckley brought it up in the in the server, and uh, he's essentially uh, with Coach Joe. Uh, sees eye to eye with it. It's, it's it's bullshit. Like why why are we pushing out this uh, Jogo Benito bullshit if it's not ending up in beautiful goals or points? Um, I mean the the bar the bar's really really low. I've said that like five times already this episode, but but I mean it's true. Like the bar's really low from last week. So I'm just hoping for a better performance and some nice goals. To be honest. Mr. Smith. Well, um, so for my final thoughts, I, you know, I kind of just wanted to, uh, I mean, I wanted to reflect more so on the pod, uh, you know, NYCFC is my life win, loss or draw and whether or not we're great or terrible, uh, NYCFC is always going to be my team. It's the only team that I, I, I love my sports and I love my sports teams. NYCFC is the only one that I have tattooed on my body and that's how it's going to stay. And, uh, you know, NYCFC has got a special place in my heart. So win, loss, or draw. I would like to take, uh, you know, a, a quick minute out of my final thoughts to just address some of the comments from our Discord community, which, if, like I said before, if you haven't joined already, get on it now while it's, while, while it's fresh and help cultivate, you know, a, a new section of our culture. You know, a lot of guys asked, uh, you know, uh, D-Swazo forever, forever ask about uh, questions and uh, uh, ask questions about the starting lineups, and so did Sam Perman. And, uh, and 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 Mook and Buckley and I just wanted to quickly we, we kind of already addressed that uh, you know you know one person definitely looked wanted to know what happened with Melda Amundsen I think we've already covered that you know Kufre you know just he's the guy right now and he's got a lot of money tied up in him despite what I said about you know Matt Freeze you know we needed a left back that actually knew how to play the left back position Melda Amundsen wasn't cutting it. And uh, O'Toole, you know, is, is not really a fullback. He's not really a defensive player. He's someone that you can easily rely on. And a three-back, as a wing-back, who has more freedom to get forward, but not so much when he has a lot of defensive duty. And, you know, and I, I, a lot of the stuff about Pellegrini, a lot of questions about Pellegrini, but we kind of addressed that already, too. Like, we personally haven't seen enough from Pellegrini to think that he's good and think that he deserves a spot. But uh, do, are we, do we think that Cushing finally sees that? We don't know. There's no way for us to know the uh, general consensus is that he he does not see enough to drop him from the lineup. But uh, other than that, you know, I appreciate everybody. You guys have made this week very, very good for the for Beyond the Smokestacks. And we love all of you. New York is blue. And uh, I'm looking forward to these uh, next uh, few weeks, especially the three-game homestand. That's going to be uh, going to be medicine for me. Yeah, and I think um, there was one other question about um, having us predict who might be uh, might might be representing um, NYCFC at the MLS All Star Game in DC against Arsenal, correct? Yeah, uh, Rule W nineteen one four four wanted to know who which players might get selected for the MLS All Star Game. So I mean, the MLS the, the MLS All Star Game is largely a popularity contest. It's not it's not actually yes. who who uh, who's producing at the moment. It's about getting names in into the game to be able to advertise who's playing against Arsenal. Um, so, I mean, I think that, I think an obvious shout would be um, the only player on our team currently who is um, playing for a top top 30 uh, national team 
semi-periodically um, would be uh, James Sands, who's who's getting burned for the U.S. men's national team and is putting in good performances in week in, week out since he's been back for the past month or so. Um, so I think James Sands would be a decent shout. And, he, and also, he's also represented, he's represented NYCFC at an all-star game previously. So I think he'd probably be the, the most likely person to, to represent um, NYCFC at this year's all-star game. I can see Sands getting in there, and I also see, you know, just for his his uh, flair for the dramatic, I can see Tylus getting a call there. But he has like no want somebody who has, yeah. uh, Well, the thing is, they're going to want someone who has a little bit of a showmanship and someone who treats the game in a bit more of a fun way. And uh, it's, it's a uh, show, right? Ultimately, yeah, it, it's a show. That's what it is. It, the game means nothing, and we shouldn't treat it like it means anything. And if you want a guy that puts on a show, why not do the do the guy who's you know silky with the with the ball and uh, and you know likes his dance moves. The only uh, the, the only downfall to the All Star Game is that it's going to have us if we have anybody selected to the game, it's going to have us collectively holding our breath to make sure no one picks up a knock in a stupid, needless, pointless mid season charity yep. fucking game um, that could potentially derail the next few matches I, after that. I'm on the record as saying I hate the All Star Game. So there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, also, wait, 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 can we also like like really quickly? Can we also address how fucking dumb it is? Not only is the All Star Game, but also teams playing during the international break when some of them are missing up to seven fucking players. Yes, yeah, so I, I heard. I heard uh, at the wrap up show that there was th- this week, this past weekend, there was 90 MLS players unavailable due to playing for na- various national teams. 90. Unacceptable. That's a lot. Unacceptable. If that's that's unacceptable. We're talking about like like Matty Lawrence put it best. Uh, he and Glenn Crooks talked about this. Uh, check out Glenn Crooks on Twitter. You'll see the video. Matt Matty Lawrence put this best. Every point counts in this league. You know that these th- this is a tight competitive league that is built on parity. You know, and, and this is not something that should be happening. Uh, th- th- what, what, you, Atlanta United, uh, I think, was missing six players, including Tiago Almada. Yeah, I mean, and what happened? Atlanta United was Atlanta United was looking absolutely dominant, and then they lose a couple players. Like uh, they're pretty much they lose their starting striker and they lose their starting center back. They lose Miles Robinson, and then then they get the doors blown off of them by Columbus six to one. They lost six players, and they lost six to one. That's a goal for every single player that you fucking lost. That's pathetic. I'm Atlanta. I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm I'm infuriated. That's ridiculous. That's on. That shouldn't be happening. The only leagues that are playing in Europe right now are second division and third division. In England, the ch- the only the championship isn't playing during the international break. It makes like, like, the championship. It makes you feel kind of happy that although we have a bunch of fucking Brazilians on our team, none of them are actually Brazilian national team players, so we don't have to worry about them getting called uh, up and missing. Yeah, time. but at the same time, at the same time, we lost to know uh, what, what good did that do us? Yeah. Yeah, and then we lose Chino. We lose Chino for him to what to go play against Portugal and lose a lot to a little against. I mean, yeah, he gets to play against Ronaldo, but he gets absolutely smoked by by Portugal. Like, what was the point of him missing? He came for his club to go do that. They lost like six 0 that game. Yeah, big nation, small nation. I understand that players want to represent countries. I understand that international football is prestigious to players, and they love to play internationally. However, from a league standpoint. We should not be playing games when players are unavailable. At least, uh, listen, if it's one or two players, okay, maybe I can see it. If you're missing like six players at, at like, with, with Atlanta or seven players, I think it was, for Minnesota United, like, uh, just the option to reschedule should be a fucking option. Yeah, shut it down for the break. That's the bottom line. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like even us, we lost one of our most seasoned and important players in our team and had to drop our – Star player. I'm going to say he's the best player on the pitch right now, James Sands, into a position that he's not as much of a factor in. 
because of Maxime Chanel leaving. So it was just one player for us. Well, that, another that, you came into the schedule and you sorted. I mean, that, that's it. That's all it really is, you know? This league needs to start acknowledging international breaks. It needs to start doing it. I'm tired of it not doing it. Like, this needs to stop. This shit needs to, it just needs to stop. Like, like, seriously. Sorry for the, uh, sorry, but yes, no, I think James Sands and Talos Magnol represents a team at the MLS All-Star game. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so, I mean, it looks like uh, as, a, as a group, of, um, we are cautiously optimistic about this weekend, um, hoping for the best, but maybe expecting not the best. Um, yep. And, uh, but, I mean, but either way, I mean, it's, it's great that the season is, is in full swing. And it's great that um, that we have something to look forward to on a Saturday or a Sunday. I'm watching our team that we're passionate about play, um, and uh, hopefully win some games and, and, and cause us to have some fun and, and have some excitement on, on the on the weekends. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's go fuck up the Revs. Hopefully, right? I mean, because no, fuck Boston, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, fuck New England in general. Like, <laughs> New, nah, it can never, like, yeah, no, please. please All right. Don't lose to, I mean, yeah, I mean, ah, uh, fuck it. So on, be- <laughs> on behalf of everyone at Beyond the Smokestacks, fuck Boston, and New York is blue.